Grab your mason jars, strap on that apron. It's time for Canning with the Diva. Making her mark across the globe. Teaching you how to safely preserve delicious recipes. Please welcome your host, Diane Devereaux, the Canning Diva. Hey everyone, it's Diane Dever, the Canning Diva, and you are tuning in to Canning with the Diva. I am so happy to be back in the studio with all of you talking about food preserving, canning, and of course, scrumptious recipes. Today, I want to focus on all things carrots. And in this episode, I'm excited to share some of the nutritional aspects of home canning carrots and then provide you with easy ways to preserve carrots in jars. Now, in today's episode, we're going to go over three different recipes. One of them is going to have a uh, variation to it. So technically, you're getting four recipes, uh, but it's super simple and it's a, it's a fun way to help flavor an otherwise, if you would say, boring side dish because not everybody likes just carrots boiled in water as a side dish. So if you kind of, uh, if you do like them, great. And if, you, if you're kind of looking for a way to spice them up a bit, I have a fun variation, which is called gingered carrots. Um, we'll also talk quickly today about pickling carrot sticks. It's a yummy snack and we can make them hot and spicy. We can make them dilled. There's a lot of fun, cool things you can do. Uh, instead of just having, you know, traditional cucumber pickles on hand, you can pretty much pickle anything. And uh, you who tuned in to my episode of The Art of Pickling, you will remember that. But um, yes, I am excited to then dive a bit deeper into preserving carrot soup. Now we're going to use our pressure canner for carrot soup. It's very robust. It's absolutely delicious. And I'm telling you, it is a perfect solution if you need a quick, healthy lunch. Um, I know some of you have, have reaped its many nutritional benefits if you're fighting off the cold or flu bug. So we'll go over that recipe today so that all of you can grab your carrots and start canning them uh, this very weekend, if you so wish. Okay, so let's get started and focus on, as I was sharing earlier, the nutritional aspects. You know, sometimes individuals are afraid to can food because they feel that exposing the food to high temperatures for a long period of time renders it nutritionally, uh, you know, unavailable. And that's not true. The nutrition doesn't always go down to zero. If anything, it, it doesn't go down to zero at all. Um, it may lose some nutritional value. However, there are foods that actually become healthier when you expose them to heat. And those three foods are tomatoes, broccoli, and carrots. And this was uh, discovered and published in an article by the Journal of Agricultural and Food Chemistry. And so it was quite fascinating. I mean, it's a, it's a good read, uh, but in a nutshell, they're just basically saying that, you know, with these three in particular, um, cooking actually increases their nutrient value um, because it, it appears the beneficial phytochemicals are trapped in the cell walls until a heating method is applied. So it's, it's, it actually helps make them, as I said, healthier, uh, carrots in particular, because that's what we're focusing on today, because that uh, phytonutrient um, or chemical being trapped, it's uh, vitamin A and beta carotene. 
in the carrot. And so when we expose it to heat, it helps release that and it allows us to uh, then reap the benefits even more so. Now, obviously, carrots are just jam-packed with all kinds of uh, amazing minerals and vitamins and antioxidants. And, and so they, they alone, whether raw or cooked, are going to be very beneficial. Um, but when you are ingesting them, whether, like I said, it's a side dish or a snack, or in this case today, we're going to talk about a soup as well, um, you are actually getting uh, the majority of the vitamin C and the uh, carotenoids and then you're you're getting an extra then dose of that beta carotene, um, and and they do have fiber. So um, we know carrots are extremely popular. This is just going to be a fun episode to learn three really cool ways to preserve them in jars and have them integrated into your you know your everyday eating. Right? Um, I know we're not going to necessarily you know have a side dish of carrots with every meal, but that's okay. Later that or earlier that day, you could have snacked on some carrot sticks, uh, pickled, you know, or otherwise. And then, um, you know, quick lunch, or even I've had the carrot soup for dinner. You know, I've had long days where, you know, I'm busy, I'm racing around, I get home, and yes, I spend a good majority of my time in the kitchen. And there are days where I'm just like, oh, the thought of pulling out the pots and pans and cooking again. You know, I just love going down to the pantry and popping open a jar lid, heating it up and and boom, you know, dinner's made in like anywhere from 10 to 20 minutes, depending on what I'm making. And if I'm adding anything additional with the soup, it's pretty cool. You just heat it up, bring it to a quick boil, throw it in a bowl and maybe have some Ritz crackers on the side or, you know, a few pieces of cheese and crackers. I mean, super simple, um, but very healthy and very hearty. Okay, so let's first start with the simplest of recipes. For so for those of you new to pressure canning, canning something like home like just carrots would be a, a really easy way to get used to your pressure canner because we are processing quart jars for 30 minutes and I mean that's a half an hour is is not a very long time um, if you're new to pressure canning to to get that on the stovetop and, and just make good use of that half an hour monitoring the PSI, right? Um, I know it gets a little trickier and more nerve wracking when you're at 75 minutes or 90 minutes, depending on the recipe. So this is a really good one to start with. And it's very simple. You're just going to start with 10 pounds of carrots, right? You're going to scrub them and peel them. And you're going to chop them into, you know, half inch uh, circles, you know, just, just chop them or if you want them larger, because again, some of you may want to see this as a fun side dish that you don't want small pieces. You'd rather have like two inch chunks. You can do that too. Just make sure whatever size you're cutting them, they're uniform. And you're just going to fill that jar. Um, you, you do not have to pre blanch your carrots. You can actually just raw pack them right into the jar um, pack them tight because you want to have more carrots versus water, right? And you want to just fill that to an inch of headspace. And then you're going to make sure your jars are at least temperate or at least were warm as you're packing because you're going to put boiling water over the top of them and you're going to fill that to a one inch headspace. See how easy it is? It's super, super easy. You just clean and cut the carrots, fill the jars, add the water, go to that one inch of headspace, and then you're going to process in a pressure canner. 10 PSI or according to your elevation and canner type. 
and you're going to then just, you know, let those quart jars go for 30 minutes. And let me see here. If you wanted to do pint, pints work well, right? Because it depends on, well, I shouldn't say that. Let me back up. Pints work, work well for me <laughs> because most of the time it's just me and my daughter having dinner, right? So, um, you know, to, to make a, you know, cup of, of carrots each as a side dish, that's more than ample. Um, but some of you might have more people in the family. And so a quart jar is going to last a lot better than a pint. So I guess it just depends on, you know, how many you're cooking for, um, how many you're serving, right? And then just kind of go, go that route. Now, if you wanted to do that in pints, you just reduce the processing time by five minutes. So it's 25 minutes for pints and 30 minutes for quarts. And remember, if you have a dial gauge canner, all recipes are written for a standard weighted gauge canner because that was kind of like the first one that came out. So when you see 10 PSI, that's because it's a weighted gauge canner. You're in a uh, no elevation or a very low elevation area of the country uh, or of the world. And if you have a dial gauge uh, pressure canner, you want to increase that PSI by one degree. So it's 11 PSI for a dial gauge. Uh, most of you have gotten pretty good at knowing and deciphering when a recipe is written that way. You're going to adjust for your altitude and you're going to also adjust for your canner type. But for those of you new, just keep that in mind. Um, what will typically happen when you're on your stovetop, however, is it's, it's, a, it's a real pain in the, in the butt trying to keep the dial gauge exactly at a particular PSI for, you know, you want it at 10 or you want it at 11 and it's going to shoot up at 12 and stay at 12. Okay, fine. Leave it at 12. <laughs> you do have some grace. You can give it an additional upwards of three PSI degrees, right? So it's okay. Um, just know that when you start getting a little bit higher than those three PSI, um, you could run into a bit of some siphoning, especially if you're trying to keep getting it back down. It doesn't always happen. Um, if you do happen to get it creeping up to a higher PSI, like 15, and you're not in a high elevation, just just generally, just I should say gingerly, ooh, we're going to have fun with that word today, gingerly turn that uh, stovetop knob down so that way you're not dropping the PSI very quickly. Uh, we don't want your water to siphon out. Now, if it does, because this is going to happen until you get used to your canner, and until you get used to your stovetop operating the canner, um, siphoning will happen. It happens to me. I mean, it just it's it's just I think something we all battle with when we are home canning on a stovetop. We have seen a drastic decrease in siphoning when you're using a digital pressure canner because they have the technology inside the unit to keep the PSI far more consistent than those of us operating a stovetop canner. Um, but if siphoning happens, what that means is the water isn't going to cover the carrots fully. So the top carrots might be exposed to the trapped air in the jar. And that is not harmful. It is, it is normal. If it happens, just put those jars to the front and eat those first because over time, as you get upwards of eight to 10 months and longer in storage, the carrots that are exposed to the trapped air might get a little darker in color and they might dry out just a tad. Not a lot because, again, there's no free oxygen in there, right? So it's not like 
if we were to sit it out on the countertop, it would, you know, it, it, that's not the same. What we have in there is trapped air and air is a combination of nitrogen and oxygen. And it's primarily nitrogen, right? So what's trapped in there isn't going to be anything harmful and it's not going to be anything to cause concern. But if you're worried about them darkening over time, just, just eat those first. Not a big deal. Okay, now I had mentioned in the introduction that I would have a fun variation to this. And it is not only fun, it's delicious. And actually, I'm going to give you a couple. See, so you're getting a little extra today. Um, the gingered carrot recipe is the same premise of just the carrots and water, but instead of, you know, adding salt, which some of, most of us are staying away from nowadays anyway, we are going to take a, a ginger root and we're going to peel it and you can either mince it and chop it real fine. Um, or you can cut it into quarter inch thick slices, depending on what size root you have and how tuberous it is. Sometimes they can be a real pain. So it's just easier to cut. Um, anyway, you're going to put the ginger into the jar first before you pack it full of the carrots and that ginger, as it, as it gets hot during the pressure canning processing time, it is going to, you know, steep in and seep into the water. And it gives just a very nice, subtle hint of ginger to the carrots. Now, um, if you're mincing up that ginger or you're using ginger paste, you would want to add one teaspoon of minced ginger to each quart. And then you would want to do a half a teaspoon to each pint. And if you're cutting the pieces, what I tell individuals is because it's a, if you're doing quarts, it's a larger jar. So I'd put a couple pieces of ginger root in there. Um, and then if it's pints, I would just put one piece. So it, there's no wrong way. Um, if you wanted to make these spicier, let's say you wanted them to have some heat, you could put a tablespoon of red pepper flakes into the jar and then pack it full of carrots. And that'll give it a nice spicy hot flavor. Another one that I enjoy doing is caraway. So for those of us that like to cook with caraway, um, you can definitely add a teaspoon of caraway seeds into each quart and a half a teaspoon into each pint. And that will give a nice subtle flavor to the carrots. So have fun and get creative with, you know, a flavor palette that you prefer or that your family loves, or if it's, or if you're going to use them as a side dish with a particular cuisine, go ahead and get creative and have some fun because the, the um, processing time for the small amount of, you know, fresh or dried herbs isn't going to affect anything negatively. So that is a fun option to just uh, change it up a bit because I know um, most of us nowadays, we're watching the salt content. So if you have a canning cookbook or you're online and you find a cool recipe, um, salt is, is optional. Salt is for flavoring, not for preserving. And so unless you're, unless you're pickling, of course, and that's what we're going to dive into next, the pickling brine has to have the salt. But if you are on a low sodium diet or you are just trying to cut back because, you know, you're getting salt in other ways, you do not need to add it to your vegetables when you're home canning them. Okay, let's go into pickling because that is something where salt is a must. When we are creating a pickling brine, we must have a certain ratio of an acid and a salt 
and a water or liquid combination, okay? That is a pickling brine, and it is extremely important that when we pickle, we do not deviate from that. It is um, science and math mathematically determined how much acid is required, how much salt is required, the density of the actual food being pickled, all of those things come into play when a brine ratio is created. And so you do not ever want to change it up, okay? And you certainly don't want to dilute it. Also, when you're pickling, you need to make sure that you are using vinegar that has a 5% acidity or higher. It will say it on the label. And if it doesn't say it on the label, get a different vinegar, okay? Because you have to make sure when you're home canning that you are properly having the right ratio of acid in that recipe to avoid the food from spoiling. If you don't pay mind to the percentage of acid, unfortunately what will happen is the jars will rot as they sit in storage. Even if the lid sealed and you used a 3% or a very diluted vinegar to do your home canning, what's going to happen is those lids are going to become unsealed because bacteria is going to grow. It has to come out. It's got to go somewhere because it's alive, it's active, and those lids are going to come off. It is going to be a putrid, horrible smell, and all of that time, money, and food is wasted. So definitely make sure if you're new to home canning, anytime you're pickling, it's 5% acidity or higher. Okay, so for this recipe, we also have some variations. You can dill these to make them taste kind of like a dill pickle. You can make them hot and spicy by adding red pepper flakes. I love adding garlic because it gives just a nicer, deeper, uh, I should say depth, not deeper depth, but depth, <laughs> you know what I mean? And it just, I don't know, there's something about, there's something about that garlic clove. It just, it does. It. And what I've been doing when I add my garlic cloves to my home canned recipes, even though they look prettier, whole and perfect, I smash them with a knife a little bit because I want them broken open and I want that flavor to come out of that garlic a lot easier. So in this recipe, you're gonna use seven garlic uh, cloves and I would just gently smash them with a knife. They don't have to be completely smashed, but you wanna kind of break them open and it'll really give that nice garlicky flavor to your carrot sticks. Now, if you don't like garlic, don't add them, okay? If you would rather not have them hot and spicy, do not add the red pepper flakes. Again, you get to have some fun with how you're flavoring things. So. Grab your pen and your pad of paper. Let's write down this list of ingredients. And this is going to make about seven pints. You're going to start with six cups of white vinegar, two cups of water, and a half a cup of pickling and canning salt. Seven garlic cloves, because we're going to put a clove of garlic in each jar. And then if you have fresh dill, you'll want to have seven heads of dill, the flowers. Um, if you don't have fresh dill, no worries. You can use the dried dill seeds and you'll want to have a half a teaspoon for each jar. If you want to make them hot and spicy, which I, I really advise you to try at least a couple jars that way. Um, what I tell individuals is you'll need a total of three and a half teaspoons of red pepper flakes because you're just gonna put, um, what are we gonna put in each jar? I suggest, okay, for those of you that don't want it super hot, I would do a half a teaspoon of red pepper flakes per jar, okay? If you don't mind it hot, you can get as much in there as a tablespoon if you if you so choose, okay? If you would prefer 
to use a like a jalapeno or a habanero, you may do so, but it cannot exceed one tablespoon in volume because we don't want to um, have it too hot. Now, if you really want to go for it and you're throwing a habanero in there, knock yourself out. <laughs> if you like it hotter, the better. Go right ahead. But the red pepper flakes do give it some zing and some heat. So um, use what you have at your disposal. And then what I tell individuals to do is if you if you want to use baby carrots, you're welcome to. I know many of you have steered away from baby carrots because of how they're they're made. Right. Um, but if you want to do baby carrots, you would have five pounds of baby carrots. Otherwise, you'd have five to six pounds of carrot sticks, because by the time we clean them and cut them and you know prep them properly to yield seven pints, you're going to be closer Depend, well, it depends on the size of the carrot, too. This is where it gets hard for us recipe creators. On average, the culinary math would say, you know, between five and six pounds. I would buy six pounds just to be on the safe side because I'd rather you have more than not enough. Um, if the carrots are really large, though, uh, you'd be surprised what you can get away with with five pounds. You just have to cut them, you know, strategically and yield upwards of six to eight sticks per large carrot, right? Uh, you can double that depending if they're really long. I don't know. I've seen some carrots that have just shocked me. Um, they're actually in my drawer right now because I bought them this winter. And um, I believe they're greenhouse grown. And my goodness, they almost look like they're three inches in diameter. So those carrots would definitely yield a lot of sticks versus some of the skinnier ones that, you know, one whole uh, carrot might be small and thin enough to be its own stick, right? It just depends. But start with six pounds and if you have some leftover, you can use them in other recipes. Okay, so I went through the ingredients, but I also kind of gave you what you're putting per jar. The brine is going to be the six cups of vinegar, the two cups of water, and the half a cup of pickling and canning salt. You're going to put that in a stock pot, and you're going to bring that to a boil and stir it until the salt is completely dissolved. You can go ahead and set that aside while you then fill your jars. Now, use a room temperature or warm jar. So if you wanted to keep them, you know, staged in your sink or in your dishwasher, you just don't want an ice cold jar because that brine is hot. Even though the carrots are cold, the brine is hot. So you want to think of that, you know, your glass jar being warm enough. Anyway, you're going to then put one garlic clove in each jar, a head of dill or a half a teaspoon of dill seeds. And then at minimum, a half a teaspoon of red pepper flakes, upwards of more. I mean, if you want them really spicy, go ahead. Get those into the jars first, okay? The seeds are small. The flakes are small. It's easier to put them in the bottom and pack the carrots on top so that that way when you add the brine, you don't have everything at the surface, making it, you know, a little testy to keep that uh, jar rim clean. So go ahead and fill your carrots, play a game of Tetris, pack them right in there and fill that to a half an inch of headspace. And then go ahead and ladle your hot brine into the jar, also maintaining a half inch of headspace. Remove any trapped air pockets by simply tapping that jar onto the countertop. Like I just give it a nice, nice little tap. And it, and it releases that the trapped air pockets that can often happen when we're really packing it in there tight. And then just make sure if, if you've lost a bit of that liquid because you've, you've released the trapped air, give it a little bit more pickling brine so that way it covers the carrots fully. And then, of course, you're going to, you know, 
wipe your dry rims with a washcloth dipped in vinegar, and then you're going to place these bad boys in a water bather. Make sure they're fully covered with at least an inch of water, and you're going to process those pint jars for 10 minutes. Now, for those of you that are saying, Diane, this is great, but I really want to do this in quarts because I have a lot of people to feed and I don't want to have, you know, or I don't have a lot of space, right? And so you don't want to do everything in pints. You'd rather do it in quart jars from a storage standpoint. No worries. Everything I gave you, you're just going to double it, okay? You're going to double the brine. You're going to double the amount of garlic and seeds and flakes that you're putting into each jar, okay? And then you're going to increase the processing time by five minutes. So your quart jars are going to process for 15 minutes, whereas your pint jars are going to process for 10 minutes. And there you have it. They are simple, delicious, stay very crunchy because it's a root crop. They don't necessarily get soggy like, uh, you know, traditional cucumbers would. Um, you're still welcome to throw a grape leaf in there, though. For those of you that like to add uh, the alum to keep things crunchy, you're welcome to do that. Uh, they, thankfully, carrots won't lose that crunch, but um, go ahead and, and stick with how you traditionally are, you know, putting pickles into, uh, into jars. Because again, just because it's a carrot doesn't mean it's no longer pickle. As soon as we pickle it, ta-da, it's a pickle. We can pickle watermelon rind. We can pickle dilly beans, asparagus, Brussels sprouts. Yeah, there's a lot of cool things we can do out there. And I'm very thankful for that because it really helps transform the food that you might not have eaten had it not been pickled, right? I know many of you cannot stand eating Brussels sprouts like as a side dish, but when they're pickled, you can't get enough of them. You love them. So pickling is a really fun way to you know, especially getting the kiddos to munch on something healthy um, that they may not want to have just a regular carrot stick raw, but they'll certainly eat a pickled carrot stick. Awesome. So keep this in mind as you're either growing uh, right now carrots or you're preparing your garden later this season to have carrots. Or if you're like me, um, I don't have the space for carrots, so I buy mine. And I buy them at a local grocery store. And in, when they're in season, I'll buy them at a local farmer. That's uh, not too not too far from my house. So there's no wrong way. Okay, last but not least, I know you are all patiently waiting for my delicious home canned carrot soup recipe. I am not going to uh, lie. It is truly uh, one of my favorite soups. Between this and asparagus soup, oh, I'm in heaven. And... I'm not going to hurt myself, pat myself on the back. I'll be very, I'll be very gentle, but I will say this one's a true winner. I, I'm very thankful that as I was creating and testing this recipe, that it came out as delicious as it did. It was, it was even more surprising, right? Um, yes, I can, I can make a stovetop version of this, but we have to modify recipes for home canning to make sure that they're liquid enough. There's enough liquidity. Okay. We have to make sure that, you know, we're adding the ample amount of either spices or additional vegetables for flavor, because when you're making a large batch of something, flavor can often be lost. So as a recipe creator, I was very, very pleased with how this came out and how delicious it truly is. So for those of you that haven't made it before, oh my goodness, you're in for a treat. Grab that pen and that pad of paper because you're not going to want to miss this one. Okay, so this recipe as it stands is going to yield seven quarts 
or 14 pints. Again, depending on how you eat and how many you're feeding, you, you do what's right for you. Now, if you happen to be a vegetarian and you want to make this recipe, you may swap out the chicken stock for vegetable broth because um, you don't want to miss out on the soup. And just because I prefer chicken stock does not mean you have to make it that way. Definitely use the vegetable broth. It's not going to change the processing time. It's not going to do anything harmful to the safety of the recipe. So go ahead and make this straight up vegetarian if you so wish. Now, when you go to eat this, there are a lot of cool, fun ways I have uh, enjoyed consuming this soup. Sometimes I will dollop a, a little bit of sour cream on the top. Uh, if I happen to have fresh chives or fresh parsley, I'll, I'll finally chop that and sprinkle that over the top. When I'm serving a couple quarts worth, because I've got, I have people over, right? And I want this to be a really nice uh, precursor to the, you know, main, main course that we're eating that evening. I will fry up some bacon and I'll crumble that over the top. And then I'll add like shaved Parmesan cheese. Oh my goodness, that is so yummy. So you can really have fun with this. It's a very hearty soup. It's pureed, so it's thick and, and filling but it's not so thick that it becomes unsafe from a pressure canning processing standpoint. Okay, so let's run through these ingredients. You're gonna start with 10 pounds of carrots. You're gonna peel them and cut them in half. You'll need two large onions, peel those and get them quartered. Five celery stalks, you're gonna cut those in half. Now you're gonna need eight cups of chicken stock and that can be your home canned chicken stock or store-bought, it doesn't matter. You'll also want four cups of water, eight whole garlic cloves, two teaspoons of ground thyme, two teaspoons of coarse sea salt, and that is optional. So if you're watching your salt intake and you don't want to add the salt, you do not need to. It's just for flavor. And then one teaspoon of ground black pepper. Now, in a large stock pot, you're going to combine the carrots, the onions, celery, chicken stock, and water as well as the garden cloves, the thyme, the salt, and pepper. Basically, everything you jotted down is going right in that stock pot right off the bat. You're going to bring it to a boil over medium-high heat, and you want to stir it often because you want to bring the carrots up from the bottom. You don't want to scorch any of the vegetables on the bottom. And you're going to boil that hard for five minutes, and then you're going to reduce the heat, and you're going to simmer it for one hour, really slow, really low. Now, once the carrots are soft enough to easily break apart, you're going to puree the soup. Now, there's multiple ways to do this. I prefer using my handheld stick immersion blender. It's just super easy. It keeps everything in the stock pot. This way, I don't have to handle something hot or wait for it to cool. I can just plug that bad boy in and just go to town and make it a beautifully pureed soup. If you don't have a hand stick immersion blender, no worries. You're just going to work in batches and you're going to use your food processor and you're going to just puree that soup and put it back into the stock pot. Okay. So working in batches isn't hard. It's just a little more time consuming and you're going to have some more dishes to clean up. You're going to have an extra stock pot to clean up and you're going to have, you know, the food processor to later clean up as well. But like I said, there's no wrong way. Do what, do what you can based on what you have at the house. All right, once the soup is, is pureed, you're going to ladle it into your hot jars and you're going to fill to a one inch of headspace. 
You more than likely won't have any trapped air pockets, but if you do, go ahead and, and release those using your headspace measuring tool. Uh, go ahead and remove any trapped air pockets. And then, of course, you're going to wipe the jar rim with a wet washcloth dipped in vinegar. Add your lids and rings, hand tighten, and now you're going to process this in a pressure canner. It is 75 minutes for quarts and 60 minutes for pints. And oh my goodness, you are in for a treat. I really, really want to hear from you. I want to hear how much you love the soup. I hope you love it as much as I do and as much as my family does. Because I actually, when I make this, and I'll do that, I'll make this soup probably, I'd say twice a year, because I usually will do a quadruple batch throughout the whole year. So I'll do it in two different sessions. So I'll double the batch usually in the spring, and then I'll make it again in the fall. And the reason I do this is I keep one batch for myself. And I give the other to my mom. She just absolutely loves this, this soup. And uh, so I make sure when I'm creating it, I'm giving her, you know, seven quarts. Actually, I do hers in pints because she's she lives alone. And so it's just easier for her to heat up a pint. And, uh, and then I do the same. So anyway, I thank you all so very much for tuning in. I want to give you one last thing here. Uh, for those of you who haven't followed me on social media, I'm on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. I just posted the next book, the revised and expanded Canning Full Circle version two. I'm so happy. I am now taking pre-orders and anyone who pre-orders my book, they'll get flat rate shipping of $4.99. Okay. Super easy. And you're going to get a signed copy. Okay. So I'm taking the time out to make sure I hand sign all of these for you. Um, I'll ship them out as soon as they're available. Pre-orders are available at canningdiva.com. And I'll eventually shut off the pre-orders. So when the regular orders do come into fruition, I'll transfer everything to just a standard order instead of a pre-order. And they will not be signed after the pre-order is has ended. And the reason I do that, obviously, is I encourage you to then come meet me when I do book signings because I will happily sign your copy if I have not done so because you missed the pre-order. But take advantage of it now. It's at canningdiva.com. It's Canning Full Circle, the revised and expanded edition. You are going to be so pleased with the amount of delicious recipes I've added. I've uh, changed the layout a little bit. It's going to be easier to read, more fun. There's, there's a table of contents and a full recipe index in the back. Yeah, you're going you're gonna to have a blast with this one. So definitely take a look at the pre-order at canningdiva.com. All right, everyone. Happy canning until next time. Thank you for listening. Be sure to tune in next week for another episode of Canning with the Diva. For tips, recipes, and techniques, please visit us online at canningdiva.com.